Hey coach, welcome to the Basketpedia podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hart. Today's episode is brought to you by System Basketball. On today's episode, we have coach Thatcher Decker of Santa Fe Trail High School. We're going to discuss the dribble drive motion offense. So stay tuned. All right, let's. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Basketpedia podcast. I have Coach Thatcher Decker today from Santa Fe. Is that Santa Fe High School, Santa Fe Trail High School? Santa Fe Trail. We are right on the Santa Fe Trail that you used to learn about in history class. And that's in Overland, Kansas, right? Overbrook, Kansas. We're right Overbrook. outside Topeka. We're right outside Topeka. Topeka. So closest college basketball school would be? 19 miles from KU. From from Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Okay. Yeah, which is rough because I'm a Carolina fan, so. Oh my goodness, you're a Carolina fan. I had a Carolina coach on. I'm a, I'm a Duke fan, so we're. I'm sorry. I like you anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. North Carolina is the only school ever to hold Michael Jordan under 20 points a game. So agreed. <laughs> so, coach, um, we were talking off air. Um, Advantages or disadvantages? We were kind of talking California. We've been going since September, and and I'm struggling with with the team I'm coaching right now. There's no right. sense of urgency. Do you right. like it, or or do you wish you kind of were like us and you got more freedom to coach, or does it help you? Help. You know, take? I, I've I've never known any other way. Um, I played here in Kansas, and it's always been the same. Um, they have opened it up a little bit here that we can work with our kids for six or seven weeks in the summer, where when I was coming up. Um, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't even have two kids on the same team from the same high school team on the same summer team. Um, but we get, but we get nine practices. We get nine practices before our alumni scrimmage, 15, 14 practices before our first game. Um, yeah, they're doing a thing today. Ashland Road, Jaden Spencer, Morgan Spencer, Logan Starr, sorry, Logan Barr. Oh, and I don't know what you can edit. <laughs> I could edit, but we'll be good. Uh, you're the man. Okay. All right. So, He's in so school, guys, so we're going to have some bleeps here with the um, audio. So we'll, we'll try to edit best we can. So, so yeah, we have nine practices before we have an alumni scrimmage. Um, we bring in old players to come in and play, go up and down. We can't keep score and things like that. Um, Fifteen practices before our first game. Um, I I think it might help with urgency. It, we have a week off that they're forced to have because so many of my kids are, are dual sport athletes and they're coming out of football. So we kind of get them healthy before we throw them on the floor. Um, and in reality, that 14, 15 practices would be four less, but we go two a day the first week. So we condition from uh, 5.30 to 7.30 in the morning and then we do basketball stuff for two hours after school. Um, because with our style of play, which is full court press and dribble drive, probably 85% of the time, my kids got to get in shape quick. <clears throat> so my, my next question was that with the limited amount of time you have to prep, does that play a huge factor when you're off season going and evaluating your program and your team and who you have returning, what you're going to put in from year to year because you don't have a lot of time? It really does. Um, I'm lucky. This is my, 
third head coaching job, that first year or two is brutal when you're trying to put this in, not just the X's and O's, because realistically, we try to keep it as simple as possible with what we do out of the dribble drive. Um, but like this year, we're this is our sixth year. My guys have been in it for four. We lost 80% of our scoring last year to graduation. Um, but everyone that walks in the first day of practice other than our freshmen know the offense. <clears throat> so we can, we can jump right in. Those first two years on a rebuild are tough and not so much the X's and O's, but getting that mentality of searching out contact, wanting contact at the rim and going through people and trying to get fouled. Um, because realistically, we try to keep it simple. I have one offensive goal a year, and that is to make more free throws than my opponent shoots. And, you know, everybody thinks we're a three-point shooting team. Like, no, we're a layup shooting team. We stay away from mid-range as much as possible, and then we shoot threes. It's interesting you say that because when I was really running it well at Bowling Park High School, we had a we had a goal to get – to get to the foul line 24 times a game. Yeah. And when we hit that goal, we won like 90% yeah. of our games. And that's not talked about a lot about with dribble drive coaches. They talk about finishing, making shots. Um, but getting to the foul line, I think, is is huge in it. And the only way you do that is by attacking. Yeah. Um, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't, well, they changed the rules now, so James Harden doesn't get to the foul line anymore because right. cause he can't throw his leg out and shoot a three yeah. and get fouled. So um, over the six years of running it, or has it only been six years you've been running it? No, I have ran this for 11 years. I ran this okay. the first day I became a head coach um, how, until now. How have you evolved with it? Because right? I have. I mean, you know, you've listened to me, and I've been running since 2008. I was diehard Wahlberg this, Wahlberg that with it, and I've kind of evolved and and tweaked it, and as Vance would tell all of us, bastardized it. Right. right. <laughs> um, I'm, one, I'm one of them from time to time. Um, but how has it changed for you over the course of the 11 years? Um, you know, we don't use this numbering system. I don't uh, like I kept messing up calling my fours, fives, and fives, fours, so I just quit doing it. Um, we have not probably evolved as much as I would like in some fashions. Um, I don't have a ton of kids that can really attack with their left. So, I, I you know, we start on that right side. My best player is always in that corner. And I've been, I've been blessed the last five years I've had. I've had, um, I had one kid average 19 and 25 and 30 a game. And then my son just graduated and he, the last two years, he averaged 20 and 25 a game. Um, and so we had talent coming out of that corner. Um, we try to do a lot of different sets to start that all flows back into that four high or four out. Um, I'm trying to come up with one now, trying to figure out a, a five out. Um, so I don't have a center just going block to block. I'm thinking about bringing like the weak side corner, depending on the side it comes from. Um, but those are the kind of tweaks I do. The one thing we have taken out completely is if the one attacks the two, two comes off the kick up, goes to the nail, we don't bring that opposite top guy across him. You know, a lot of the guys like to jump, pivot, and kick backwards. Um, we don't bring, we don't have that at all anymore. We just stay high and wide and try and get that kid, that kid coming downhill. Um, because we just felt for our guys, we get constantly get deflections 
off the help off of the guy going across. And we get a guy running back and forth a lot. So we've taken that completely out of it. We don't do it. It's a no-no for us now. And I know, you know, Vance even had me you at know, 415 um, nomenclature where that was a play. And we just we just never had success and it just seemed to gum us up. Okay. How do you teach the penetration? Do you use the zones or how do you how do you how do you teach that? Um, we do. Um, I, you know, first week of practice, I do the boxes on the elbows. Okay. Um, since we have been running it a long time and people in our leagues know us, um, it is really hard attacking one-on-one from the point from the half court to get all the way to that elbow. So we have added some, you know, dribble handoffs. We have done some fake dribble handoffs. We put some pistol stuff in sometimes where we reject the dribble handoff if they're playing it. Um, as opposed to just coming 100% out of the corner, um, we teach all of our twos and threes, especially our twos, because last five years, my two guards have gotten face guarded every single night. Um, when we take two hard steps, like we're going baseline, um, and if they don't react, we just throw the back door, but it's not a, a traditional back door because we're not coming up and beating you back. Um, but once they start backing off, and that gets us to our kick up. But we have done the second set of Wahlberg videos where they where he cre- started creating the super gap with that one to four pass up top. We enter it two thirds of the time that way. Um, we do really focus on getting our point guard when he gets the opposite volleyball line to go full speed. Um, and if you got a guy that can't guard that, we just shoot layups all day and then the game's over. We don't care. Um, but we do a ton of that. And we have our, we have our four, the, the opposite guard up top. Um, he's supposed to be dead sprint when he gets to the half court line at an angle towards the opposite elbow. Um, cause I want him to catch it full speed downhill. Um, cause we're not exceptional quick. Uh, we don't have incredible athletes, um, and so he's catching at full speed downhill. Sometimes that one even has to go behind him going to that opposite corner. Um, but that's really helped us out a lot, uh, just making sure. And, and like I said, we're not allowed – my kids aren't allowed to take three dribbles in a yard. If you don't get – if you make more than one move in the yard and don't go downhill, then we stop practice because we don't allow any, any dancing like the pros. Here's a good question for you because <clears throat> – You've been doing this a long time like me. If you only could choose one drill to teach this, like every day, you only had, could do one type of thing, what what drill would you would you use to, to teach the offense? We do drop layups every single day, but we add defense to it a lot. Um, getting that transition because where we have turnovers is the kids coming out of the corner full speed and they have to hop and turn at the same time as the ball comes. So we get that so that we can get downhill because we try to go on the – like if we come out of the two-corner, we try to get to the right side of the rim, if at all possible, keep it on that side or big doesn't have to move and we can skip, um, which means they got to get their body. Um, for the fundamentals, that, because then we can work – we work finishes out of it. We work tons of stuff out of it. And, and the drop layups is only like five variations. We've come up to this point with like nine where we fake one way back to the other side you know, corner to back to a, you know, flare kick. Um, and then other than that, full court stuff, we run the blood drills every day. Really getting downhill, finding contact, making that little uh, fake lob. Are you doing it continuous or are you just going one way? We go, well, we go both ways. We separate two different colors. And then, you know, the, the defender becomes the next point guard coming. 
Um, and we do tons of the, the two on two with the blood drill 11. Um, so you we do add the rest of them, but that one, just getting them downhill. When you're two on two, I assume you're saying attacker in a post. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, those, those are the two that we really do because like I said, our hardest part is getting those kids to go to contact and go through it. And in 11 years, I've never called a foul in practice. Our guys just go. I didn't until um, we fouled on the eighth point to win a blood drill, and the kid, <laughs> and the kid basically, they knew. and the, and the kid basically almost took the kid's head off, <laughs> and he popped up, and there was some, there was, um, yeah. let's just put it this way: I couldn't call him blood drills <laughs> anymore. So, yeah. um. I have to start calling them attack drills or, yes, or, 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 or something else. It was, but, it was um, too literal after that. <laughs> um, but, but um, they walked off the court. They were buddies after, afterwards. Oh, but yeah. they were that, that group of guys were the most competitive I've had in it. And they didn't want to lose a Cardinal drill. They didn't want to lose any, any drill that we yeah. did. And I pretty much had them on separate teams going against each other every day. Um, as you're watching in practice, as you're putting it in, uh, what's their what do they struggle with the most for you usually? Wanting contact. Um, like I said, you know, I when I asked the original question, um, you know, because we have we have times where we get into that weave and it looks like we're just weaving without even looking at the basket and getting our kids to catch and turn and force it to the defense where you might bump him and not feel comfortable with it, but you're still trying to get to the other side. You've got to get shoulder to shoulder to bring that help side guy over. And what, what we struggle with, and even guys that I've had for four years, is they come off that kick up and don't, and they're not open, what they think is open, then they just round that off and then, you know, and end up at the nail throwing a a weak pass that hasn't drawn any help and then it just turns into the weave which which i can't stand yeah so when i was answering it i don't, I don't know if you understood exactly what it meant uh -huh. was where do you position your slots are they wide are they narrow how do you have your top two go your top two attackers to begin with our our offside because like i said we don't come across the back anymore um we are high and wide is what we normally do and the so, reason i do that is, is we so if, if we're coming from the two side to the three side we're high and wide our hands face the guy the dribble so they're volleyball lines yeah or, oh yeah for, for reference farther than that and, okay. and, and, and the other thing the only thing that we do differently than i i think any coach i know um we shoot from deep and we practice it every day. Like, We've taken NBA, like NBA range. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And we're and we're not we're not big. I mean, we won't have we'll have one starter over six foot this year. Um, oh wow. Okay. And so we practice it every day. We've taken the Olympic drills, and we we something that I I like to say I invented, but it's nothing special. <laughs> that I, we call we call twenty sixes. So we shoot Olympic drills two minutes a time from nineteen nine, which is our three point line. Then we take two steps back for two minutes, two more steps back. And so our last set is shooting from 26 feet, 27 feet. And the only thing I tell them is the only thing you, the only thing you can change is arch. 
and they don't get great from 28 feet, but you know, not too much. My son just graduated. He's six foot tall, graduated at 143 pounds and he's got 30 foot range. And it's because he's been shooting for deep, but if you have, but if you ruin your form, we don't allow that. You have to go. And so we've just gotten used to catching and shooting from spots that guys don't normally guard at. And then once they know us, when they guard us, they have to close out so much farther. It makes our attacks so much easier for north and south. So on a like slot to slot pass. Yeah. So like does so that like start we, off. Does that start off weavish for you? Um, do they get level? Do they get leveled off? Sometimes, okay. um, but like, but like, so when we do the kick up on the two, the other thing we have problems with, um, and it's like there's a magnet in it. That three point line. Those guys want to come out of those corners on kickups, and they hug that line. So when they catch from the one, like two feet from each other, and one guy can guard two. Um, so we keep them out at the hash, you know, the hash line, which is actually the coaching box sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we try to have our twos and threes catch. That's how far out deep we are. Um, and I've had three or four kids that can shoot it from there. So they've got to close out that far and it allows us to get downhill and go by it. And we don't have a lot of problems on that transition, that one or two pass. My initial thought is if you're going, if you're playing slot, slot pass and cutting through, uh-huh. why it may be weavish is what I used to teach was midpoint and slot. So midpoint would be that volleyball line, but and and your point guard would be on the lane line trying to attack uh-huh. from there. But if you wanted to, your other guard to drive, you need to have that person go to the midpoint and then get your other person. Now when you throw it, it's more of a direct line for them to get straight to the basket. Where they're not coming from right way out wide and like the outer third if you're if you know the the press part where you're yep. in the court in the outer third yep. quarter when he catches it uh-huh. it's really hard it's easier for the defensor player to level them off if they're in that portion of the court and that's where you're not getting that initial and then now you're just drop box now you're yeah, it make, it make, up. so it makes that it makes that skip shorter it makes their attack straight to the rim right 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 as opposed to arcing uh-huh so when they're arcing the defensive player can can i call it, our terminology is and sure i'm sure you use this stuff too is if you're if you're dribbling east west the defense wins absolutely so defensively we want we say we want to make the offense play east west yeah if they're playing north south we're going to be in trouble um, so that's, I mean, it's, you're this wide. So what you're trying to do is, so most people start like this, uh-huh. but this player goes, if your point guard goes, you want to bring your other one in. So then when you pass it, they're cutting and now, gotcha. now it's more of a direct hit yep. because you know what happens. They get bumped once, they get bumped twice, they get bumped three times. So each time you get bumped. Yeah. You're off, off your path to the rim. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if we get and if we get bumped four, we will bring up our our big and come up and set a clean screen where he's just in the way and it's to the guard to try and help. We'll put that in sometimes, especially against teams that like to sag on us. Um, and it's just a clean screen, so he should never get anything moving. He's just in the way around the nail or the top of the key, 
and we just use them one way or another. We get a lot of reversals out of that where we attack the high shoulder and reverse dribble out of it. What defense has given you the guys the most problems usually? You know, we we have shot it so well for the last five years. It, they, early in my career, zones bothered us um, because we don't practice zone offense that much, mm-hmm. um, which was my fault because as a player, I just thought zone offense was just so easy. <laughs> One, you know, if you have the instincts. Um, now we've got a team that bothers us, um, and they just they switch the one to two pass, and then guarantee you do not get to the middle. You have got to fight through them, and and they just foul the crap out of us every game. And but they're chest to chest, so they don't they don't call it very much because it's not hands. Um, and the problem we get is so few teams make us throw that back to the corner to the one when he goes ball side corner after the pass and then back door out of that. Um, so few teams get us to do it that we don't like throwing that one or that two to one pass. And so we try to fight over the top of it. When I tell them, you know, and we'll lead up to them, we'll play them second game of the year this year. Um, if you'll plant and cut or plant and then put your foot in the dirt and go back to your right hand, you can stay, you can go all the way to the rim off of the, on the one side. Do you always fill ball side corner? Or do you have the point guard go opposite? Uh, almost always we're ball side corner um, because we've we've had such good guards coming out of those corners that that those guys cheat. And then my the last two point guards I've had are good shooters. Um, so we like going to the corner if you. So so if your point guard's a good shooter, just mess with this. Send them to the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. And if they're playing you no know, middle, have that person rip baseline. Yeah. Yep. And now and you have them, then you have that, now you have your point guard in that other corner playing a drift and then your post teeing up. And now they have middle option or baseline option. And if you beat them a couple times ripping it, I, I mm-hmm. guarantee you that that middle is going to be more yeah. straight, straight up. And that's where this year I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to get some focus on to throw and skip passes. Um, and, you know, cause we don't do it very well. And if you like, if you watch the early advanced stuff, they threw it, you know, and you know, it used to be called, Ab- was it Abba? Asa. You know, Asa. You know, attack. You can't mark. John Calipari couldn't market Asa. So. It, it, no it, way. <laughs> and, <so>. Asa. <laughs> now somebody's going to think that's like a, a drinking drinking um rehab rehab or something yeah and so you know so we get away from throwing those skips because what i what i would like my guys to do is if you if you come off the kick up and get one dribble and you see that help side already waiting at the midline for you that's a one pass skip and you know so we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff up work on it where you get one dribble and the problem is we won't get to the rim in that drill but it should make them look across i hope to where now they can start recognizing the instincts. Because one of the problems we have is we focus so much on north-south, get to the rim, that we kind of forget some of those middle things of playing basketball, of looking opposite skip or looking opposite corner skip. And I think we're one year away from having a big that I could start really utilizing at the nail. Because right now the guys I got are big, strong rebounders. They're not offensive-minded. Your five-out spacing that you're messing around with, what, where are you putting the players? Um, and that's where I'm trying to figure out if I'm going if I'm going free throw line extendeds and corners with a point guard in the middle. Because what I want to do, I got a pretty good point guard. He's a sophomore. He's coming. He'll, he'll, he's going to be good. 
I'd like to get him working a little more from the middle of the floor so he can choose. So they're not just sitting on him on the right side or waiting for that one to four pass. Um, in the past, I've ran it at a one four low when I had a guy that offensively wasn't gifted, but he was a great defender and I was trying to hide him. Um, and then that, and I had a really good point guard so that he could choose, he could go hard, right, cross over and get to the rim. Um, and then I've also, I was also thinking about trying to have those, the two and the three that are usually in the corner, halfway up the lane line, but outside the three, and then having my four and five at the short corners. And then if you came down from the middle and went right, I was going to run, either run the, the ball side short corner to the opposite corner away from it. And then that big, the short corner weak side becomes my big. And he probably stays there for the, for the, um, the entire transition, but I have I need to have people and I got to get my guys out so I can have them walk through. I'm have bad put, X's and O's. Have you looked at just taking the player in the dunker spot and putting them on the, put them on the wing and keeping your spacing the same? Uh, yeah. That's I, what I've, that's what I've been. That's what I did last year. But before then when you I meet went, on the wing, because I because I've also worked it. So up basically, out. free throw line. So you got two slots, two corners, and instead of your post being in the dunker spot, now they're in the free. They're on like the three side free throw line extended. So, so you, you got, got three on. So you got. So it looks like a two. So it kind of looks like a two sided break. Yeah, I, and and that's one of the things I've drew, drawn up, and then I also draw drew and, up having just the normal five out. Two and you can. Yeah, you can make your post the other slot if you wanted to and then you can go guard to guard and then do the fancy down screen and the dribble handoffs on that double side but you yeah. still got your you still got your double gap for your point guard to attack yeah yeah that's what I'm, that's some of the stuff i'm looking at because i'd like to free up my point a little bit to make some decisions on his own and i figured if and and we're going to have points this year where we're going to be small at all five spots i mean we'll have five guards and then, then it won't matter who's in that dunker spot. If you go away and you're in the opposite corner, now you're flashing in just in case we've got to dump it because help comes. And then we'll just stay spread. Because playing it with point, two wings, two corners, you you really need to do false motion stuff uh -huh. before you get into the gap. Because yeah. even though the middle is open, there – your point guard isn't going to just have that option no. to attack. No. So and well, and if he does, the team's so bad it's not going to matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're just shooting layups off of one dribble all day, then it doesn't matter anyway. But you know, I'm just yeah, just trying to play. We're not offensively gifted as we have been. We're deeper this year, but we don't have a guy that's going to go get 25 a night, regardless of the defense we see. Now the upside is we won't see near as much face guarding uh, and like i said we started out of we started out of horns um we're going to start it out of some out of a little chin motion this year um and, and get some just some different looks because people are just so used to seeing what we do um but in the end we just go right at you into your chest we i would yeah. assume so, they I, mean, kept this stat, I assume if they kept this that we lead the we lead the nation in charging because we will run over you sometimes <laughs> So would you still say, even though you have these entries or triple gap sets, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them, before you start getting into your main attack mode, you still scoring predominantly off of penetration and kick actions? Yep. 
layups and threes and free throws. That's it. When people we ask, love, yeah, we love layups and we like threes. <laughs> my my issue lately with teams has been it's we love we love threes and like like layups. So. Yes, that is true. And, and and we'll and we have spurts where, but if we're not attacking, then that's. And I, I've gotten better over 11 years and not losing my mind and screaming and stomping. But the, most of my timeouts are to tell us we got to go north south. What's the crew? What do you, in your opinion, what do you think is the most important factor, like player characteristic or in your team that you need to run the dribble drive uh, offense or philosophy? I don't even really want to even call it an offense, it's more of an attack right. mindset. It's well, and it's, that is, and that is, and that, and, and that's what I like most about it is that it filters into everything we do. We are so aggressive and we love, I mean, almost all my guys love contact. The ones that are just successful love contact. Like I said, my, my son was 143 pounds when he graduated last year, broke a rib both years and played through it, but he attacks. What skill sets do you think is most important? Uh, dribble with both hands, finish with both hands and shoot threes with good form. So would you say so? You would label it as getting to the paint first. Yeah, okay. and, and I think you've got to be able to handle in our offense. You got to be able to like I tell all my guys when they're going to go home for summer or they go and 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 hire someone to work on their game. Like you need to dribble with both hands, learn to finish, and then be able to shoot with good form. Because if you can do those three things, you're going to play for us. So take me through, if you can, briefly. Um, it's in your players know it. It's it's uh-huh. installed. A typical, not a day before a game because I know you're probably lightened up a little bit on that. Like like you're playing Thursday night and we're just want to get better. What are you doing on like Monday? What's a typical dribble drive practice once it's installed for you? Um, and honestly, even though it's, I mean, we I end up talking offense most of the time. Our first half of the day is defense. Um, you're doing two hour practice or yeah, yeah we usually okay. get two they kind of shut me down they, they don't let me go super long um like i said i got multi-sport guys i got guys that practice baseball all year round um <clears throat> you know we'll start out with either drops or something i call 42 shooting which is a bunch of different finishes um off of transition um but with drop layups is almost every day um olympic shooting starts every practice um, after we do something just to get loose, get up and down. Is that the uh, typical two, three player, two ball drill? Yep. Yep. Okay. Which is hard. We got, we've got six back baskets. We'll have, we usually keep 35 kids. Um, this might be my first year. I don't have to cut. Um, Cause I got is that all, is that three levels, two levels? Yep. Three levels. Okay. Um, but we've got two small classes. So this year we may not have to cut anyone, um, but Olympic shooting every day. Um, then we're into drop layups. And then once we're into our offensive part of it, um, we go right into blood drills. Um, sometimes I run them side by side because we get the deals where I get my, you know, all state point guard going against a freshman and it doesn't make either one of them better. It just makes one scared and the other one just blows by them. Um, but we'll do bloods almost every day. And then we'll get into whatever we're going to do in the half court, um, whatever sets we have in for the year. Um, just so we're, we know we flow out of different entries. So we flow into horns right into the actual offense. Cause a lot of my guys sometimes think we're running horns to turn the corner and go score. Well, that'd be nice, but realistically it's just a different look to start the offense. 
Um, this year we'll probably have three entries. You know, we'll have some chin, we'll have some horns, and then we'll, <clears throat> depending on what we do with the other the other guys, if we go one four low or something, take advantage of our point guard. Um, then after that, we do we'll probably go starting to transition because I and I see tons of questions this year, especially you know in our in your thing, people asking, you know, do you run a secondary break? What do you do for a break? Like, we just run. And since all four of those guys for us are pretty interchangeable most years, it doesn't really matter who gets our rebound. We're just gone. The closest guys run into the two corner, closest guys run into the three, and the other guys coming and we're waiting for the big to get there. Tons of times we score before the big gets there, especially if he got the rebound because we're, I mean, we're really focusing on running. Like you're not allowed, I mean, you, if you have anyone in front of you, it's a pass ahead or we stop practice because we don't want you dribbling the length of the court if you've got a guy in front of you. Um, so we will run transition drills into our offense all the time. Um, a lot of times we're, I'm like, if you get transition, we're not scoring, we're running into the offense because if you can get them that defense, I've found really worried about your transition, which is what they practice before we come in. If you're, if you're scouting us the night before you're talking about our transition, and then we're right into the offense. So if you've got to come from help side on transition in the middle to close out to a shooter on the two, now he's into a kick up and he's catching. He's three steps ahead of you and he's already turning the corner and we're on. Because we score way more, unless they're just flat breakaways. We score way more where it used to be. And I would I learned, you know, where you would go down, kick it to the two, and then you hit the rim runner. Well, our rim runner is really whoever goes to the corner now. Because we're still attacking to that same spot. And then they're running out of the – so it's a dead sprint to the corner, dead sprint out of the corner, and that's hard to guard. And so we're catching out there. So that's – we've pretty much flipped our transition where we're not looking for that rim runner anymore unless he's just incredibly gifted and running. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because we always <laughs> say hit him, hit him, hit him, and then you yeah. go look at your game film and you get it once a game maybe. Yeah. If that – because – the girl, girls or guys stop running because they don't throw it mm -hmm. or they they feel they're not going to get it. <laughs> so, yeah. and as it's evolved it, for me, I've had my, I've had my post player lead us in scoring. I've had every position lead us in scoring. Um, is it <clears throat> harder and harder to get you to, for you to have a player play? Get, get opposite the ball, flash occasionally, catch the basketball. Yes, they get – and especially we have not had – I've got a kid coming that I think is going to be this. But, you know, we, we're going to start putting some different things in to get him the ball. Um, but we have traditionally just had the 10 and 10 guy going block to block, and I know that gets boring, guys. I tell them that all the time. I know it gets boring. Um, but invariably, a, a big, strong kid with no skills – Averages 10 and 10 every year. I mean, and, yeah. you know, they kind of see that eventually. Go look um, at your teams and the years that you didn't get much production out of your dunker spot player, your, your team probably wasn't that good. Nope. Nope. I mean, because I had, I had, we, I had three kids. They look like football players, but they never played football. 6'5, 250, two of them. And then another one was out 6'2, 230. And, they were 18 and 18. Take that, all three of them combined, they got me 18 points and 18 rebounds <laughs> Yep. a game. 
and I haven't had that since. And we, and that year we averaged 72 points a game. Yep. We haven't been near that since. So, um, well, see that, see, we had that. So last year we were the opposite. I mean, I didn't have a starter over six foot. My center was six foot, a little thicker, decent tight end in football. Um, so we struggled defensively. Now he knew how to get on the floor. He drew 33 charges. He was that guy. He wasn't trying to block a shot. He knew his position and get you to run over him. Um, but you know, we struggled rebounding the ball because we didn't have one. I've got a big kid, a couple bigs this year that'll, that'll play. Um, their problem will be keeping up with the other, with the four guards in transition. They couldn't keep up last year because we were really fast because we basically had three point guards on the floor. So weaknesses is is the weaknesses of the offense in your opinion more skill development stuff than it, it is. is anything to do with X's and O's? It is, and it and it can get repetitive. I mean, it it's not hard to scout us. You've got to be ready to play us more. We're not going to trick you. You know, there's no tricks. I mean, we run some of the you know age old. We run 42 once in a while. We run 43 to get an open three for a guy coming off a stagger. Um, we'll run some, you know, some of that stuff that's in Vance's first videos, um, every once in a while, but we don't run many sets. We just go and we play and we attack. Um, so it, 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 it'd be nice sometimes if the team is just more athletic than you. And we've had a couple of those teams that are just athletic. We struggle. Um, because it, it, and if you switch a lot and you're more athletic than us, it's hard for us to beat you. Um, it gets a little repetitive, but I, every year I think I'm going to try and do something new or add something new because I've got secondary offenses that we run. We've run some ball screen stuff. Um, we've run some pistol stuff. Um, and, and in the end, we just go back to what we do because yeah. it just, it just, it's just who we are. Um, wow. Our team motto is be relentless. And that's what we are, whether it works or not, we are that. I was talking to Kurt the other night and he goes, have you ever ran like Carolina break and then float it in, but like adjust it for, so he said, I've tried. Oh, so he said to me, so have you gone like slot to slot, throw it to the wing, have your two come out of the corner and set the back pick. Mm-hmm. And now maybe that player now steps out and now you got an ISO post. Maybe that's your second post. And now you just take your post to the perimeter and now you're playing four out one in that possession, mm-hmm. trying to get it in. I'm like, yeah, but now that's all they're going to want to run. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm glad you brought up the the secondary break stuff. Is I mean, the way I teach dribble drive is you teach the three penetrations. Yes. First 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 day I'm teaching lane penetration, middle penetration, baseline penetration. I'm not really getting into drag zone, drop zone, rack zones. Oh any of that but so if you do kick the ball ahead and and they rip baseline post nose to t stay corner and then everybody else adjusts adjusts around the wheel or whatever you want to call it you go middle you got to have someone go behind you got to have opposite block you got to have the 45 degree angle and then you got to have someone behind once they learn that the 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 language becomes easy 
in my we're, opinion. We become uh, positionless other than other than who whoever the I mean, I've, man, man in the block. I switched to coaching girls and we're putting this some of this in. We're not uh-huh. fully, fully. We're we're more running actions before we can get into it because they haven't developed the just nastiness yet. Um, yep. So we're actually just calling them slots, slots, slots and corners. Yeah. Is is the way I've kind of so they kind of look at me and go, "What am I?" They have to know. They want to do exactly to the T what you say. Sometimes more than you want them to do. Oh yeah, it's it's been an adjustment. It's been fun. It's but it's been an adjustment. Like I'll turn back and look and go, the drill started or the like expecting them to go, and they're holding the ball. I'm like, oh, go. Yep. Like they don't. Yeah. They won't go until you say go. But yeah. um, I work some. I work some girls camps. I work. Um, I don't know if you have ever heard of it. Snow Valley. Yes, um, we have Snow Valley is big here. I know well, it in started, Iowa it's huge. It started there, and I worked the one in Iowa and Showalter. Don Showalter owns it. He brought Westmont. West, yeah, there was always around. Charlie. Charlie Sands did the one in. Yes, in California. I heard all the stories about the old school. It's kind of funny. Um, Dave Schley, Dave Cornell called Schlaba. Yeah, he actually he actually contacted me the other day and asked if I would come. If I if I'd be interested in working the Iowa next year, so um, I'm 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 planning I'm planning that's something on the bucket list to come do. So I work three sessions a summer. Have for like my second year of coaching, a guy conned me into it, and and then now it's like a cult, man. It's all I talk about. It's my it's I don't I don't even work any other camps anymore. I've worked Roy's camp because I'm a Carolina fan. You know, I work Villanova, Bayheim, and, and Syracuse, and it's like all they do is play games and mess around. I'm like. Snow Valley. Snow Valley is the only camp I work where it's all I can do to drive home at the end because I'm so tired. So how do you get over? Because this happens to me. So you said you've been you've done it 11 years. So how many different schools in the last 11 years? Three. Okay. So first year, excited if they've never ran it. Oh yeah. Second year, third year you're doing blood drills and they're like, oh, this beats the crap out of me. Um, yeah. Especially, especially if you don't. And I'm bad for this. If I have attackers, they're the attackers. And if they're yep. corners, and I don't mix it too much. I don't either. So if you're Unless doing. Unless it's in transition. So if you only have 16 kids at a practice, you know what I'm going to say. And you're doing the blood 44. So you got two attackers. They go, and then they got to hustle their back back to midcourt to get ready to go play defense. How do you get over monotony and them staying fresh with it? Do you mix it up, or are you pretty much your same core drills from because i'm always looking for something i'm sure you are to do what we do but maybe not tax their legs as much or because i was i was hardcore we're gonna do blood every dang day and then i started noticing oh we're dead yeah yeah we don't do so like we'll never do more than two of the four so if we're doing, you know, the ones and the twos, and that's as far as we go, because we're just really, we're just trying to instill the attack mentality. We've been around long enough, at least here, um, that we know the X's and O's of it. We're just trying to stay in that. Um, but like I said, we have, and, and I run into this a lot where I'm trying to figure out if I'm getting mediocre at a lot of things or super, super good at one thing. Um, because we have nights where it just doesn't work. 
and we'll have two secondary man-to-man offenses that we run. Um, we run Don Show Walters twenty from from USA Basketball. Ball, ball, the Euro like ball a Euro ball. This is a little different. It's like a Euro ball screenish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro ball screen, and I've got a five out that we call Rebel, which is a, a five out ball screen. Um, we didn't get real good at because we have a lot, had a lot of work at it, but we're we're putting it in. And then, like I said, half the time we've got to work on zone offenses because in the middle of the first quarter, any game that we're winning, they go zone because they can't stay in front of us, and they go zone. And then we'll run it against zone sometimes too. But um, we just try to really – and I coaches keep telling me this. We might shoot more than most teams because we spend a ton of time shooting the ball. And, you know, I paid for a college education because I could shoot the ball. And I'm like, if you can shoot the ball, you can, you can get on the floor. Because I wasn't exceptionally quick or anything. I was tall for a point guard in the 80s and 6'4", but I could shoot the ball and make good decisions. Um, we scrimmage a ton because we press full court. And we do not, after our first hell week of two-a-days, we do not condition ever. We never put them on the line and run unless they're in trouble. Um, so we, you know, our last 45 minutes of every day is full court scrimmage zone or not zone, but a press, you know, it's press in, press out. Um, we do a lot of, because we have a couple sets we put in that are just different. Um, a Carolina, uh, box play that we run. And so we do a lot of five on five on five, where it's just an offense against the D and then that, that defense becomes the offense and it rotates, hmm. um, to try and mix it up. And then most of our other stuff is transition. We do a lot of uh, the build-up drill where it's two-on-one, three-on-two, four-on-three, five-on-five, and then they go uptown three or four times. Um, and that it's constant. You do the uh, Texas drills? Yeah, sometimes. we. I, I've never liked them very much, to be honest. And I don't know why. They're, they're similar to blood drill to an extent, but not really. Right. But. And so I've always, I've always enjoyed – and got more out of the bloods. And, and I probably haven't done a Texas drill in two years. Um, I, and I, that's the same way I got rid I got out of the Cardinal drills too, just cause we had a lot of kids in a small, small place. And it, it just didn't seem to go. I didn't, we didn't get as many reps as I wanted. Um, do, you do, do you do as 11 man scramble? Uh, no. The three on two no. continuous. No, we do something like that. Um, we do a three on two continuous and then we track or we press out of it. Okay. So, like, whoever scores those three that were on the offense. So, it's like more like a three on three on three. Like, it gets it. I mean, we still have the guy. So, it's three on two, please. the guy from half court, like the old UCLA drill. And but then, then when, trap that, when that offense scores, they've got to find a guy to guard. And um, they can guard him to mid court. And then the other group is waiting at yeah, mid court to guard him. Yeah. And once you get to half court, then you're good. And then it's three on two again with the, with the defender coming because we didn't press. We did a zone press when I first got here. Um, we're going to do a little Louisville stuff, a red and white um, press this year. Um, but the last three years, we were man to man. And I don't care who you guard, just got guard because we don't, you know, we're all, we're all 5'10 white kids. <laughs> I mean, my, yeah, my, we look the same everywhere. It, it's, what, who, who said it? I'm not sure who said it. I mean, multiple coaches have said it. What is it? The, the mismatch doesn't beat you. The open shot does. Yeah. So I think. I mean, if you're all five foot ten, I'd switch everything too. I mean. Yep. Yeah, we switched, especially I mean, last year when our center was six feet tall. 
and not that athletic. We switched everything. So since you're that small, do you do much ball screening or do you try to stay away from it? No, not very much. If we do it, it's kind of a read on them. All of our ball screens, unless we're running that 20 just for a different look, will be the ball, the screener is the passer. So if you pass, you just run straight into a ball screen and it's almost like a rub where, I mean, if you're going to slip it, we're fine with the slip and it's completely up to them. Um, but we don't run hard. When we run a five out, call, we call Rebel, we bring a kid from the opposite side off the first pass to screen and then there's a backdoor component off of it. Um, a little bit, but basically if you want to pass and run into a ball screen, you can run into a ball screen if it's deeper into the offense. But our, our dribble drive has zero ball screens in it unless we go one to four, you know, the, the other top slot coming over the screen for the one, just because we want to get to the left side. They got a real good defender. and We're just trying to free him up because I'm sure your point guards at some point have been like, I'm tired because this guy's I'm attacking him every trip. Uh-huh. And so we'll give him a ball screen every once in a while if we get a guy up in him too much. Um, rub screen sometimes with that team that pinches us and runs that funnel defense that won't let you come off the wing <clears throat> sometimes just to get in the way. But we don't set a lot of ball screens. It's catch and go. I mean, we only have three rules. You catch and shoot, catch and go, or catch and pass. We don't want a bunch of dribbles. Any key key things that you're charting, like or having somebody chart, or what you look at out when you watch game film? Is there specifics that you're looking for? I keep telling myself I may just be terrible at this. We don't keep any stats during the game. Okay. And and people have asked me why. I'm like I I coach like I play it. It's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel my instincts are good. Um, it's the only thing in my life that's ever made sense is being on the floor. Um, so we don't stat anything during the game. When I do, when I do film, um, I, I have in the past, and it's just for me, number of times you ran into somebody, you know, contacts, initiated contacts, um, where if you're just fine going east and west, we have a problem. If you're running into people, even if it causes you a turnover once in a while or a foul, um, you know, so so intentional contacts or something, if we're playing badly, I look at. Um, but other than that, I want to know how many free throws. The only thing I look at at the end of the game is how many free throws we shot. That's all I care about. And I, I keep thinking maybe yeah. I'm not analytical enough. I think free throw attempts are important. And then if, if there was something that I would want to maybe chart or have somebody chart is paint touches. Yeah. yeah. Because... Now, do you mean paint touches off the bounce or I don't care? Okay, that see, we pay. I try to pay attention to that. I want to be below the net. I want to be. I'm my philosophy is this offensive. My offensive philosophy is as simple as this: is if you're not creating closeouts, I don't care what offense you run. You have a crappy offense, right? And we can we can get a paint touch by a backdoor pass. We can get it by a post touch. We can get it by a cut flashing in there or off the bounce. I don't care. And that that's, for for me, that's probably more when you're attacking against zones than you are against man because mm-hmm. you need to have all those various ways. And <clears throat> I think that's why people go to zone against dribble drive teams because it yeah. forces you to go to two post players a lot of times Well, and I when you may not have it. <laughs> and I tell our guards, I'm like, okay, so 
you know, Johnny, who's averaging 28 for us, he's got a guy face guarding him. I'm targeting their fourth best defender who's on a pretty good offense, you know, because my guys can all attack and they can all shoot pretty well. We will run it until we get that one-on-one downhill against a bad defender because we're, you know, we're 300 students. Um, not, I mean, your third defender is probably not going to be very good. And yeah. we'll attack him if we can. And we do a lot to where if I have one bad offensive player, he doesn't get it till the fourth pass. He doesn't see it. Do you- my, my top two – my first pass and my second pass are going to be to my top two offensive players almost every possession. So I can recall I was year two running this, and we're, we went 24-5. and five. We lost to one team twice, and they took away our three-point ball. And what they did was my best player played the two-corner. He made over 100 threes yep. in the season, and it was just face guard. So I was young with it and stubborn with it, and I was just – Okay, that should free up the gaps for everybody else, or he has drop actions. But he's right. flat, but he was a five foot eight guard, so they were sending him back door, and he's trying to shoot a floater over 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 the big, yeah. or shooting shooting pull ups from twelve feet in the short corner, which is a very tough shot. Oh, it's not probably the hardest shot in basketball. By far. No, um, no, 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 no. And so is there anything that, I mean, now, I mean, we're not so stubborn. We'll, we'll reverse the ball, set a double staggered or something like that. So that they yeah. can at least get a touch. I tell, you, but, I tell you what, I tell you what ha- helped us last year. And I, I, I came upon it by accident. Um, I took that face. Go- I had a good, good little point guard, wasn't a shooter, but he was smart, good player, little quarterback looking kind of kid. And uh, they were face guarding my kid. And we put, we ran horns. And put the kid getting face guarded in the ball side corner. We always went off that side. No help. We shot layups all night. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they couldn't help. And if you did, then all of a sudden you just freed up my best shooter, which is what we wanted in the first place. In a roundabout way, it's the same as just running dribble drive and having the guy attack. But yeah, well, and we're running all of our all of our horns goes right into dribble dive. So if you help, yeah. we don't get the three. Now you've the guy wanted to have the ball has it anyway, and mm. then we space out on the back side and we're four out one in. Because my because my same rim my same guy that goes to the block my center is the roller no matter what because we're not trying to get the pick and roll because we don't have NBA rules where you have to be out of the lane in three seconds they just you know our pick and rolls never work I know you need to get go I know you need to get going but last thing for you is anybody listening to this that are on the fence about running dribble drive any advice for coaches that are looking into into doing this you got to commit to it. It can't be something you do for a couple weeks or a couple practices and think, oh, it doesn't work. That first year is going to be brutal. Maybe, depending on how you are. But they've got to get used to contact and you've got to commit. And if anybody has questions, wants anything, you know, you can post my email. Um, I was very lucky when I got into coaching that I had coaches that didn't have to help me that did. And I'll help anybody that ever needs help. Hey, I appreciate getting to know you through the Facebook group, man. Uh, best of luck to you, and look forward to seeing how you guys do this year. All right. Appreciate it, sir. All right, man. Take care. Have a good one. Hey, Coach. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Baskopedia Podcast with Coach Decker. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please like it, review it, and subscribe so you know when the next episode is available.
If you'd like to learn more about the Dribble Drive Motion Offense, we have various products available at systembasketball.com. And we also have a coaching community where we discuss the offense daily inside Facebook. And you can find that in the show description or by searching Dribble Drive Motion Hoop Talk. Thanks again.